In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. Sometimes you just have to make bold moves, and that's exactly what we're talking about in the latest Who Says No? Baseball Isn't Boring. Joining and jumping aboard once again, the baseball isn't boring. Who says no, guys? Gordo, Sammy, and Gordo presents the big Dylan C. Sometimes you have to make bold moves, and for the Red Sox, the Boston Red Sox, getting a guy like Dylan Cease would be the boldest of moves. Still has a lot of controlled years, as you're about to find out. Under his belt, isn't having the year he had last year, where he finished with a 2-2-0 ERA and 32 starts, but... Still, not a bad year. He's ERA slightly over four in a league-leading 18 starts. This comes after two straight years of 32 starts. So you know the guy is going to make his starts. He's only 27 years old. Can still considered a legit top-of-the-rotation guy. Red Sox sitting at 500 or around 500. Leaking oil when it comes to starting rotation. Maybe not only for the present, but for the future. Hey, you know what? They haven't done this trade so far, these sort of trades so far. Maybe now's the time. Gordo and Sammy, they want to present you with some ideas, some, a, a, an inkling of hope when it comes to a path where you could do a Dylan Cease trade. So who says no? Here you go. Verdugo for Cease. You said, oh, you did answer it. You said the White Sox wouldn't do I, it. I think the White Sox wouldn't do it because Verdugo... So first of all, I think Dylan Cease is much more valuable. And then also, he has two and a half years of control compared to Verdugo's one and a half. And like, yeah. if you're the White Sox and you're selling on Cease... I think you're going to have to sweeten the pot a little bit. Like, just a little. But if you're, if you're the White Sox and you're selling Cease, aren't you kind of just committing to the rebuild? Like, why do you, want, why do you even want Verdugo if you're selling Cease? Well, Cease hasn't been as good as he was last year. So it's not like, you know, this isn't like Chris Sale, you know, because basically what this is what we're talking about in terms of the, the amount of control you have. Chris Sale, even Blake Snell, like those guys, he's been sort of just a, a little bit below that this year. He's been really good, and that's what I think. I think he's – I think he just went through a rough patch this year. I think he's really good. I think he was really good last year. He's going to be really good. He's a guy that you stick at the top of the rotation – and by the way, this team, even beyond this year, you you okay, you have Bayo. You know, you don't obviously don't know what you're gonna have with sale. You kind of need these guys. And and I get it, Yamamoto. I'm with it, Sammy. Let's go. I I, I get you. Like I just when anything free agency, I just don't feel like you can bank on it when it comes to a guy like that, where other teams are gonna be heavily in on them. Like I don't know. And we, we know now that, yeah, teams are interested in Yoshida, but not to the level of the Red Sox. I think with Yamamoto, there's going to be a lot of teams 
all very interested in him. So but one thing that might help the Red Sox case is he's not exactly leading the market or he might not be leading the market for starting pitchers because there's also Nola and Urias as free agents. Maybe that helps, but that's still, I feel like now is the time where they have to go for it. And you could say they're not going to do it because we haven't really seen them go after that big fish free agent, but who knows? Maybe this is when they do it. We hadn't seen them give out a $300 million contract until we did. So I don't know. I'm not. I'm not counting them out of that by any means. Especially, especially after signing Yoshida, which means you know that Bloom is looking at NPB guys, and they're in on oh, that. Believe me, I know that they're obsessed. They've been obsessing over Yamada. Uh, what's his name? Yoshinobu. What? That was his first name. Yamamoto. Yeah, yeah Yamamoto. I, I know they've been obsessing over him for the last couple of years. I know that. So I, this is it's not out of the realm of possibility. I think they're absolutely going to be interested in him. Um, you know, everyone makes a, a big deal. Oh, you're friends with Ishida, which we, you know, we tie ourselves into knots. Well, if, if the money's right. And the other part, the, I'm always wary, though, of the location. Like this, like with Otani, the fact that he didn't even take a meeting with the Red Sox, even though they had the Bruins, jer- the Bruins, Celtics, and Patriots jerseys ready to roll. It's going to say the he, Bruins jersey. Come on. Oh, it's the best picture I have. I mean, so funny. But it's it's. I'm desperately. I I finally tracked down the owner of the Celtics Otani jersey, but I have yet to secure a photo of it. So wait, what do you what do you mean the owner? Did they so it? so they no. So when they were lining up to hopefully have a meeting with Otani when he was signing, part of the pitch was they made up jerseys for the Bruins Celtics and um Bruins Celtics and Patriots with Otani on the back. So obviously they never had the meeting. So people, random people in the front office got these jerseys. So they got so the guy, uh I don't think I'm telling tales out of school, Gus Quadobaum was the one who ended up with uh, I think he had the Bruins jersey, which I keep purposing repurposing on on Twitter. Which is great. It's a Bruins jersey with a Tani on the back. It's so random. And then, uh, and then, like I said, somebody has the Celtics Otani jersey, which I'm trying to get a, a secure photo of. It's delicious. It's the, it's the best. It's the best. So there you go. That's the story. So maybe there'll if, be a Celtics Yamamoto jersey in the near future. Ooh, maybe we could get it customized. I got a I got a customized Tingus Pingus jersey off of uh, the Chinese secondary market. Same, same. We both did at the same time. Also, here, another thing to bring Yamamoto to Boston. If we're trading Adam Duvall to Milwaukee, like we talked about, 18 is the number that the ace wears traditionally in NPB. Mm. We can offer it if Duvall's gone. It's all, it's, it's all coming together. How could that, he say no to that? Right there. You can't get that anywhere else. That is no. only on the Bradfoe show. No, <laughs> our, our offer is 50 million less than LA, but we can give you your favorite jersey number. So we we have identified that they may have the inside track on his favorite jersey number and that we can evidently secure anything on the Chinese black market. Yes. And then Otani is not an option because he bats left-handed. There you that go. Too. All right, Gordo, what do you got for Dylan Cease? If my I'm full, I'm full so full of hooey. Okay, so I, I tried to get a little creative because to be honest with you, even even with Dylan Cease having kind of a down year, and he's he had a really good June. He had a 2-2 ERA in June, so he, he's picked it back up. Um, but even with 
with him having a down year, I feel like they're going to want any offer to start with Meyer. But I just didn't even go there because I don't think the Red Sox are going to touch him. So I try to get a little creative here. So I've got Dylan Cease coming to the Red Sox. And going back to the White Sox, I've got Nick York, Sedan Rafaela, a lower tier prospect. I, I said CJ Liu just because he showed some promise earlier in the year. And then the kicker in this deal is that we're swapping Tristan Casas and Andrew Vaughn. So Andrew Vaughn and Tristan Casas are pretty, or were pretty similarly touted prospects, both like in the 15 to 25, 30 range for multiple years before they got called up. Vaughn has three and a half years of control. Casas has five and a half years of control. Both bat first guys, like guys who are, you're looking for the bat. If they're not going to hit, they're lumbering first baseman, both not very good defensively, although Casas, I, I think, has more promise than Vaughn does. Um, but Vaughn has been trending up similarly to Casas. It's not like it's like a downgrade. In fact, in the short term, it's probably an upgrade. Although if you look at it a year or two from now, I do think and hope that Casas takes that next leap. The The reason that that is in there is because if you're the White Sox, you're now getting five and a half years of this guy as you're entering a rebuild compared to the three and a half years of Vaughn. So I don't, it's tough because I, I basically tried to put together a deal in which the Sox don't touch Meyer and don't trade every single other prospect that they have <laughs> besides Meyer. And it, it, I had to get a little creative with it. And to be honest with you, I still, if we're going to answer the who says no question, I think it's the White Sox that say no. But that's about as as high as I could go. They, the Sox really, they have, they've, they've got a much deeper farm and they've got some good prospects, but they really only have one true blue chip guy. And the issue is when when you're the Red Sox and you have and you've basically hunted the next two years of of at least one middle infield spot, whether you want to call it shortstop or second base, it's kind of hard to to go back on that now and trade Meyer because you. I mean, look look at what they've done this year basically to keep that spot open for Marcelo Meyer. No, no, they're they're not ever trading him. Right, not, you can't. It, I love you know it used to be. Whenever you ask Dave Dombrowski, it was sort of a joke amongst media members. Any time you ask Dave Dombrowski, is a guy untouchable? He would always say the same thing. Well, you know, nobody's untouchable. For instance, we traded, uh, you know, Miguel Cabrera. Like, he kept usually Miguel Cabrera every single time. Every single time. And, okay, fine. But I can tell you, like, this is, he's not, they're not ever trading him. So, I like I I, that. I don't, I mean, I don't hate it. I would like to see who's valued. Like I'm just thinking through it. Like, okay, if you swap out like Roman Anthony, how is Roman Anthony view compared to like Sedan Raffaella? In other words, and then I started thinking, well, the White Sox suck defensively. They want to get better. Raffaella is a better guy in that respect. So there's some guys you can toy with, but I like the overall idea. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's a tough one to put together. Cause I mean, at least now, because right now, if you're buying Cease today or in the next month, it's like the, it's like the way they talked about Juan Soto. You're buying three postseason periods of Dylan Cease, so that price goes down every single time you hit an offseason. That's the way I look at it. And you so would, when you you guys would agree with me though, like we're talking about what they need now. One of the reasons why I feel comfortable even even surfacing this thing that will never happen is that. I think going forward, whether it's Yamamoto or whoever, going forward, you do need this guy. 
You need to find another guy. We've established now, unfortunately, that Garrett Whitlock is like he might end up being that guy, but you can't right now count on him. And that sucks because he's he's everything you want in a pitcher, but in a guy, in a teammate, and everything else. So, but you you're gonna need another guy to go along with Bayo. That's just how it is. To, to, if you want to be in this division, that's how it is, in my view. Can I pose a question to you guys? You may. Because because I feel like the only time we talk about this guy is in terms of, oh, if the Red Sox are out of it in a month, what can you get for him? But let's say the Red Sox are you know, a game out or whatever, and they don't want to trade James Paxton. They want to stay in this. They want to, they want to push forward and try to make the playoffs. You get to the end of the year with James Paxton, and let's say he doesn't he doesn't get hurt. He stays healthy the whole rest of the season, and you get to the offseason. He's pitched well. He's pitched as well. We'll say he pitches as well as he's done to this point, so he's going to get the qualifying offer. Would you re-sign him, or do you look at it as, can we really bring back an injury-prone guy when we have Chris Sale spot, er, slotted into the rotation, and now we've got Whitlock, who has shown that his elbow is going to bark and you know, it's not necessarily the healthiest pitch. That's what I mean. This that's year. what I'm what talking do do? about. It's okay like to have season. a guy like that. It's fine. I mean, you're going to have the, they tried somewhat to get Nathan Ovaldi back. That's fine. I mean, you know, the risk that comes with that. It, it, it's okay. But at some point you need the guys that you, you kind of feel like, Oh, these are the future. These, the, the, the guy that is Brian Bayo, but a little more established than Bayo to build around. They've always this that. is what they all this is what they've been doing. I mean, they got Waka, they got before that Garrett uh Richards, they got um, you know, they they take flyers on the guys, and that's fine. But and and Paxton would sort of fall somewhere in between the certainty and the uncertain. Yeah. But I just I'm just saying that you just need a little bit more of the certain, I think. Well, what if what if I propose this? You if may. James Paxton does this, no, no, I, I'm gonna take it back. Because I, what I what I want, and it's not I'm not going to get what I want, but I want Paxton in there one more year so that we can fast forward to the free agency that I would like to see the Sox if like part, I want to see the Sox participate in the starting pitcher free agency two years from now when you got those Brewers guys up. I, I think Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns are both better pitchers and just better long term outlook guys than some of the guys that we see hitting the free agent market this year. Because like obviously like we talk about Yamamoto and he is the youngest and like has insanely electric stuff and we've seen the highlights and all that stuff. But in terms of the big league arms that are hitting free agency, free agency, there's a lot of names. There's names like we talk about Julio Rios, like Aaron Nola, but these aren't guys that are trending in the right direction. Like these are guys that are no, I wouldn't having... sign either one of those guys. Right. So like, and, I mean Aaron Nola, front of the program, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't sign either one of them. Right. So yeah, you've got like you've got a bunch of names and like I remember talking about this last offseason it's it was all about oh patch the starting pitching together until you get to next offseason because you have all those guys and then the year after you have those two Brewers guys I talked about but you also have Shane Bieber and he I mean he's obviously his, his peripherals have trended in the wrong direction too. So well I think I, don't know. I, I think that you you said something that hasn't been talked about a lot and that's James Paxson if he gets to the end of the year pitching like he is now, like he's a, like if that happens, he's a qualifying offer guy. And you know what? 
he might take it. I know he's 34 now, but this is a guy who basically took a $4 million contract because he liked the training staff here, you know? And I know that maybe, you know, maybe he viewed it as this is my last good contract. This is my big chance, but still $19 million. He's, he's, he's already signed big contract. I mean, he could take that. And I think that you would be fine with it. It would be a chance. Sure. But if he pitches like this to the end of the year, I would give him a qualifying offer. Absolutely. Well, say say he turns it down, Rob. Well, like, if what what kind of contract can a can a guy like him? You know, he's going to be what entering his age thirty five. You know what season? he could get? He could get a three year deal. I'm going to give you an example. He okay, is Rich Hill. Yeah, like Rich Hill. Rich Hill. If you remember that, he revived his career on four starts in September. 2015 he gets the one-year contract with oakland perfect spot a lot of foul ground and everything else gets traded they basically signed this one-year deal does well gets traded the dodgers next thing you know the next year he signs a three-year deal i mean and and obviously like he boy he was on the other he was like 37 something like that 36 but he signs a three-year deal that's what you're talking about. And, and the other part about this, you asked about Paxton and the contract. This is how baseball's going. Sammy's just guzzling his whiskey. Like, I don't think he likes my, the way I'm talking. Well, no, I, I, I'm, I'm not a cease guy. I haven't, I haven't said my cease points yet, but I'm oh, loading so you up. Don't, you don't, okay, go ahead. I've talked enough about Rich Hill's contract. No, I mean, like, Dylan Cease is a good pitcher, but there's, there's just red flags with him. Last year, he led the league in walks. This year, he's second in the AL in walks. Every single pitch of his is down a mile per hour. He did not give up any hard hits last year. You know, I'm being hyperbolic, but he barely gave up hard hits last year. This year, he's in the ninth percentile for hard hit rate and the 13th percentile for average exit velocity. I'm just, and just between the walks and him getting hit hard, and I'm not trying to say he's not a good pitcher. Obviously, Dylan Cease is a beast. It's just the red flags. They really give me pause. I don't know how well he'll age. I'm rooting for the guy. He seems cool. I like his mustache. Right, poet. It's just isn't that unbelievable? His poet, that poem. That, really yeah, is that, was, that was one of the wildest. And I know, I know, you had it in the book, so I'd read it. But I, um, I think it was like opening day. The White Sox put out a video with it being narrated and he's kind of just like walking through a forest and it's like, Oh, slide a slide. Oh, slide a slide. It was wild. It I had is, a good time. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. He's an interesting guy. He's a very, very, very good pitcher, but I don't want to give up two of our top five prospects and Tristan Casas for him. And then, you know, Tristan Casas light. I'm not a big Andrew Vaughn guy either. I'm just all right. Well, well. Oh shoot! Here is Zingo. Look what Boston gave up for Dylan Cease, who now has a five and a half ERA in his age thirty-two season. I'm just. I'd rather if we're gonna go big, I'd rather it be someone else. And this is totally not me saying that Dylan Cease is not a great pitcher. He's very good. Would love to have him on the Red Sox. I just don't know if he's the guy I go all in for. Too many red flags, too alarming, scared. I don't. I don't entirely disagree with you, to be honest with you, Sammy. Because I mean, this is 
if you're making a deal like this and you, uh, to get a guy like Cease, it's not just one good prospect that's going to be able to do it just based off of the year he had last year. Like you're, this is the big trade that you're making. So you got to know, you got to know that the guy you're getting is the guy. So yeah. unless you've got some sort of like, oh, like we we see Denelson Lamette, we see a couple things that he we can do with Denelson Lamette, and we think he could be good. Unless you have like some stuff like that with Cease to where you think, oh my god, we can make him even better than he was last year. Then yeah, you're right. This is this is not something that you're going to invest three quarters of of your top prospects in. It's I just, agree. Like I said, led the league in walks last year, and the percentages are going down, not up. If we're going to go crazy and go big, booming blockbuster trade, I'd rather trade for Corbin Burns. You know, the price might be similar, better pitcher, not as good of a contract. He's um, RB3. He's also had a down year. Yeah, I know, but there's like peripherals aren't as like daunting with Corbin Burns. And it's just, it's more a sustainable formula he has where it's the cutter, he's not walking guys. And it's not just Corbin Burns. There's other options. It's just the cease talk. I've heard so much talk about Dylan Cease. And again, great pitcher. I just don't, I don't, I don't think he's the guy to go all in for. And one one thing to remember. Great mustache. I'm a a mustache guy. It's It's true. You know what? It's a lush mustache. Someone (laughs) bet me a dollar that I couldn't use lush twice in this podcast. So there you go. Lush stash. Him, him and Spencer Strider headlining a rotation would feed oh families. my god can you trade for him is that possible 